You can do an intro? Hey, uh, uh, yeah. Hey, hello and welcome to the 25th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. My name is Tim Hayes in Gainesville, Florida, joined by always, uh, joined as always, sorry, with Spencer always. and Matt Allen. (laughs) Little guy Matt of Minnesota. Hey. So, gentlemen, busy week, and you know, I think we're going to talk a little about USA Cycling, because we know how that treats a little guy. We're going to talk about the Mm -hmm. awesomeness that is riding bikes. And finally, Innerbike is here, Yo. so let's get into the can, excitement. Can we talk about rocking the one cog for a little bit, too? Uh, yes, we could talk the about The one cog! I can't believe it. Yes! Alright, and with that, we'll be right back. Okay, yeah, we'll figure it out. So the Vuelta, uh, I think, has one more week left. To be honest, I watched one stage when Ryder Heshtal won, and my uh, co-worker, co-owner of Swift Cycle, Uh-oh. Keith Richards, was all about that. He was like Canada pride. It's going to be really sad, though, when they strip him of that, when they find the motor in his bike. That motor. No, oh, motor. So what do you guys think of that? So we're talking about this video that showed him crash, and then kind of the bike seems to be at a dead stop, and then... It starts speeding away, and he gets up awfully quick to try to stop that bike. He got up quick because he was in the middle of the road, and a motorcycle almost hit him. Uh, yeah. So you don't think there was – I think that there was something fishy with that. Oh, my God. Now, did you see the follow-up video, though, that uh, Alex Rasmussen made and posted on Twitter? No. What was it? Alex Rasmussen, so, the former rider? Yeah. I think he works with the team or something now. But anyway. Oh, okay. So he just picks up a bike, and they're in some warehouse or something, and he starts turning the cranks, and he's just holding the bike in his hand, and gets the rear wheel going pretty good, and then he lays it down on its side, and it does the same thing. It spins around in a circle, just like Ryder's bike did. Yeah. Because of the momentum of the wheel? Like, is this a a basic physics problem? I think so. I think bike racer fans don't understand physics. Yeah, there's probably or, physics or, professors. Or perhaps like, maybe the better statement would be that the UCI does not understand I mean, physics. You both now have met, um, well, I don't know if little guy has, but Spencer, you've met my mechanic, Brian, probably the smartest guy I know. And he's a very like down-to-earth and runs-the-number kind of guy. And he was like, I'm very, he's like, that is interesting. Because he was starting to do like the math of physics stuff. Interesting. Like, he's like, oh. He's like, it seems really weird that it's at a complete stop and then it continues. Because it doesn't look like the wheel is spinning. I think the tire wasn't touching the ground, and then when it does, it starts spinning around. Okay, That's what I think, too. Like, the crank arm probably kept it up. uh, E-bikes are really, really popular in Europe, though. (laughs) I think I saw a Kickstarter with the the Amsterdam wheel. Maybe that's what everyone had, and, uh, you know, it's that. Uh Yeah. So... But this, of course, brings up the memories of Fabian Cancellara and his motorized bottom bracket. And we had friend of the podcast, Andrew Roche, go take a photo of Cancellara's bottom bracket. And the pictures were inconclusive if there was a battery <laughs> pack in there. And we did Because we a, can't see through carbon? Yeah, and we did see the Eurobike uh, picture. You, you saw the booth at Eurobike that had a motor that now goes into the bottom bracket shell? So like the, the technology now is no longer the motor based on the wheel, 
that someone has found a way to get it set into the bottom bracket so that it turns. I just sides. don't. How would you? How the problem with it being in the bottom bracket or anywhere really? Yeah, I mean they have to they have to have a very indiscreet way to control it so you don't go to go around a corner and then your cranks keep moving and you bottom out your, you know, or you you eat, you eat it, you know. What how if you, it's you like a have pedal a assist? Right? Like, what if it doesn't engage unless you're pedaling? I mean, that's the smart. That would be the smart way to do it, but, right? Yeah. But then again, I'm not the the smartest guy in the the world. No, no. So with the Vuelta, <laughs> um, we should uh, just do a quick check into Velo Games and Spencer. Let's do it, buddy. Spencer, you're in first place. Congratulations! But I am going all in with. Tell Luke. me more. I'm going all in with Luke from Roller Derby, who had, you know, one of the coolest websites ever. So Luke. Friend of mine, friend of the podcast, new dad, do it for your Ooh. daughter and win this thing so I don't have to listen to Spencer. Am uh, I, I am positioned well to win two out of the three Grand Tours for our uh, our league here. And I just want to say, wait, even <laughs> I won the tour. <laughs> and didn't you win the Giro? No. Well, I won it out of the three of us, but yeah, I won yeah. the overall. <laughs> So I'm I'm not even like looking at you. You guys aren't really competition anymore, you know. No. So, oh my God. so yeah, yeah. I feel a little bad, but like I should maybe maybe I should choose a point a team with like 80 points of my available 100 next year or something. Oh, just just handicap yourself for us. <laughs> That's what I did it. in the tour. I handicapped myself. Myself, <laughs> what happened? Little guy, thanks a lot. You know, now we have to deal with Spencer all over again. So. So, I do. I have a sprinter. Spencer, do you have do you have uh, an answer? Is no, that, is I, that I have. I have uh, Degenkolb. Oh no! no. Why do we always pick the same right? I was like, I saw that Buhani dropped out, and I thought you had him, and I was really excited. I and have. now, no, oh, you have yeah. him. I was gonna beat you anyway. Dang. So well, Tim's down me. in tenth. Tenth place, yeah. and little guy's down in twelfth place. You guys are kind of neck and neck. You know, two hundred points apart. Yeah. That's just a stage win, really. But, it yeah, is. I don't think either of you are going to get up to 3,600 points uh, here. That would be a 1,000-point stretch for you, little guy. It can happen. You know who really screwed me over? Once again, Jurgen Vanderbrook. Ten points I spent yeah. on him, and he didn't even get me a single point. I think oh. Tim Hayes really screwed you over. Oh, Back in tour, right. man. You know who <laughs> really screwed me over? Back in tour screwed me over. Quintana was supposed to be easy money, and Nemec. That yeah. jerk did nothing for me in the Giro, and now Spencer has him, and suddenly he can ride his bike again? I I think he's doping. You know, I think we need when picking we... your teams for the Vuelta, I'm going to I'm gonna lay some nuggets on you here, because when picking the teams for your Vuelta, you can't really go on form so much. You have to go a little bit on who didn't do anything this year and oh, I should know. have. Oh, I and you know. need to start picking those guys at, like, contract negotiations, like... <laughs> This kind of like it comes into play. So, so oh, I know that's why I think Chris Christophe Lemeville is going to come through with a stage win <laughs> at some point because he has to. Because if not, he's going to be riding for the little guy racing next yeah. year. You picked the wrong. He's going to look good in the kit, though. He's going to look real good in so, the kit. Dirty yeah. Birdie is currently in the lead at the Vuelta. Um, Chris Froome could have been eliminated from the GC. So uh, Contador, of course, is uh, complaining about something. So the Vuelta is going on. The big story, of course, is Quintana's double crash. Uh, did you guys see the crash where he was adjusting his shoes on the time trial that it looked like he didn't um, really uh, make the quarter? He no, I just saw pictures. Didn't make. So, the, yeah. so, so like, a, like a 
traditional Grand Tour rider. He's he's just crashing in time trials. It's awesome. I think there should be more of this. And then uh, and I hate of... to see him leave the tour mm-hmm. though. A couple of other things uh, going on this weekend. Tour of Alberta, Tour of Britain. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about the USA Cycling Pro Crit Championships other than to know how did Adam Meyerson do at that? Did he go? He raced he cross. He did cross. So there you go. Cross. So I don't even care anymore about the uh, the win. John Murphy, United Healthcare, congratulations for winning. Let's get to the story that really matters. The UCI Mountain Bike World Championships were this weekend in Norway. They were? What? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Doesn't it seem early in the World Championships or like World Cup? No, the UCI Mountain Bike World Championships. And it was all oh, over wow. Red Bull TV. And it yeah. was a lot of fun. Big congratulations to Leah Davidson of the United States, Davidson, for getting third Ooh. place um, for the women. Fantastic. That's rad. Um, I, I did see that. That's Catherine rad. Pendrel did win. For, it was a great day for Canada. She won the same day that uh, um, Ryder won. And then uh, Julian Epsilon, the greatest French cyclist of the last decade, wins um, the uh, rainbow jersey with a great ride uh, over uh, Nino Scherter, the defending champ. Overall, great race. But the big excitement that a lot of people were talking about was the Eliminator Challenge and the Eliminator Finals. There's a really good video um, I highly recommend. We'll try to put it up on our show notes so you can get on the slowridepodcast.com. with some amazing bike handling. It was pretty crazy. Uh, of Fabrice <laughs> Mels of Belgium, who uh, wins. It looked like there was a lot of crashing out uh, going on. Wait, the guy's name is Fabrice Mels? Well, I probably am pronouncing it wrong, and I am too yeah, lazy to look at the uh, the Speed Metal Cycling podcast. Because uh, I doubt his name is Fabrice Mels. Like, no, 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 no. like Fa- Kleenex Blow or... No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Fabrice F A B R I C Towel Damp or I mean it just and can't Mel's. be possible. Mel's little guy. Oh, M-E-L-S. Okay. Mel's. I really hope you have children in the future because this is gonna be amazing. Fabrice Mel's Towel Damp. are back segment two here in the uh slow ride podcast best and the worst of the week uh i don't really have anything so i'm gonna ask you guys what uh what was best or worst this week um timmy what do you have oh gentlemen the best thing going on in cycling was my very own experience this weekend at the swift cycle gainesville atlantic 75 Swift Cycle, I hear they have the best prices and the best service in town. Located at swift-cycle.com, 607 West University Avenue, Gainesville, Florida. Okay. Uh, I, I do want to say... going to edit this out. I, I, I do want to say that I, I was really, really into um, uh, today this weekend's experience because Keith, my co-owner, and I have been working hard at building this event, and it just went off without a hitch. 19 teams of five leaving Gainesville, Florida in a team time trial to the Atlantic Ocean in St. Augustine. And zero incidents with cars, zero crashes, 19 teams of five finishing, all with smiles on their faces, amazing prizes from all of our sponsors. 
I couldn't have asked for more. And it's kind of those types of events. It was 10 bucks because then that covered the UCA, UC, USA Cycling uh, one-day license that we had to put out there for the training ride permit. And it was great. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. And, oh, man, it really made me like bikes again. There was zero complaints. Hmm. That's good. I have seen all difficult. the f- yeah. I've seen all the photos popping up on the yeah. uh, on the social medias of all the team. Uh, I guess probably when they're staging, ready to get get yeah. on their way. Um, everybody looks stoked. It looked like an awesome event, dude. Yeah, it was awesome. Thanks for that. But you know, it really goes down to the hard work that uh, Keith and Brian, our mechanic, and all of the volunteers, Sarah and Teresa, did to make it happen. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, well, Keith does a Keith does a pretty good job with Swift Cycle, despite uh, your best efforts to ruin it. I know. So. I tr- I try my best to ruin it. <laughs> I mean, it's like it he's doing two jobs, you know, running a bike shop and trying to prevent you from ruining a bike shop. <laughs> that is good. Anyway, and, and I do want to say my, my the other one I mentioned it before, but the the GoPro camera video of the Mountain Bike Eliminator World Championship run final is amazing make sure you check it out on our website all right so it's gonna be at the slowridepodcast.com but that's my best of the week okay all right good job uh little guy best of the week um you were very secretive about what your best of the week is uh what do you have for us i my best of the week is i uh i heard you rock the one cog today which i assume (laughs) you kept rubber side down i hope you didn't pay to rock Cog though, did you? I, Can't pay I paid. I paid uh, the second race fee. Yeah, ten bucks to to rock the one cog today. Dude, it should always be free to rock the one cog. You know that. <laughs> These bad inside jokes from Minnesota are gonna go right over everyone's head. So what do you mean? No, everybody you rock understands. The one cog? Yeah. <laughs> you, well, rock yeah. The one, explain rocking the one cog, man. Man, okay, so. First, first off in the morning, I, I rocked all 10 of my cogs. And then later in the day, I decided to rock just one cog. And uh, I have a special, specific, purpose-built cross bike for, for rocking one cog. And I did so on the same course. And uh, it was just as rad as rocking 10 cogs. Maybe even more rad. Um, yeah. It, it didn't cost that much, you know, because I... Uh, it was the second race of the day, you know, so it's like, it's only a little bit more so money. So how much did you have to pay for to to have the privilege to ride the one cog in a cross race? It it was ten bucks. I think I I don't remember what the entry fee than standard original fee. It was probably thirty and then ten more. Okay. So okay, and then I don't know. how did how did it go? Like I'm also with little guy. You're racing bikes again. This is pretty amazing. So did you? I... Get- Dude, I never stopped, man. I've been secret training all year. So how did the one two, how did the one two race go? Uh, that went all right. I I the field there was like maybe thirty five guys or something, and uh, you know I hadn't really seen the course much and didn't know anybody, so I lined up at the back and started really okay, okay. So you got mm, cautiously. To, so it's kind of like your warm up race, like you really got yeah. to see the course, inspect it. You got to. Pick- Check yeah. the lines and I picked a few guys off though, okay. so I, I really right. I didn't feel bad about my uh, debut. So you, so you got the legs the, going. You got the legs Do you going. use the ten cogs? Like you race, you do the first race on the ten cogs, so you can find your favorite cog, and then that's the one cog oh. you put well, on the one Well, this is this is the best part about my uh, one cog odyssey here, is that 
I built up the bike from scrap parts. You know, I got a good frame. I got an on one uh, single speed cross frame. Threw all the parts together. So I've got those cranks, those carbon cranks on there that I've had for I don't know how many oh, the years. Car- the ones you've tried to sell me 10 times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they went on there. They're square tapered carbon cranks, you guys. That's how old they are. Anyway. <clears throat> what does that mean? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> all, right, all right, continue. Um, anyway, so being that I threw it together at the last minute with spare parts, I only had one gear selection and it was, I'm going to, I'm just going to go out there and tell you guys, honestly, it was not the right gear choice for the course. (laughs) Wait, good job. Wait, 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 but so you had your legs up, you were, you were ready, you were good. You had that one, two race, you picked off a couple people. So you had a good sweat going. You were, you were, you were ready and primed for the one cog and then you picked the wrong cog. No, I, I was on my only option was the wrong cog. Ah, okay. So, no, so no, I rode a thirty nine sixteen and I don't know what in single speed uh jargon that means exactly, but I I'm pretty sure anyone who rides a single speed regularly is like just fell out of their chair at their office and, and their cube mate Bob is trying to help them up right now, so Yeah. It was a hilly course. Alright, so what place did you get in the single speed? Did you finish? I did finish. Uh, I think I got like 18th or so, something like that. And, High teens. And so I, I'm intrigued that you're racing again. How did uh, how did the heckling go? Uh, the heckling happened, let me tell you. But um, is, it, is it bad heckling, like what I've been hearing happening in the Tuesday night scene in Minneapolis that's all over the Facebook about... No, no, bad, it was actually pretty heckling? pretty positive pretty positive stuff out here. So you um, didn't have to kick someone like Little Guy would. No. I had to kick a fellow racer's wheel. That was totally separate from, from, uh, from heckling. Wait, wait, why I did you figure kick out another who that racer's was. wheel? I told you this last no was it this no that was this last week I didn't tell you guys this somebody tried he tried to come inside on me on one of the early corners and there was no room they were gonna totally like t-bone me or like make me have to hit my brakes so I just stuck out my foot and kind of kicked the front of their tire and said no <laughs> did you <laughs> did you say no I did I went no so was it like an out was it like an outrigger like you were putting your foot out to get the yeah turn yeah or... like I was taking a right turn and I was like taking this line and where this person was coming in, it was going to be like one of those things where they either like I was going to have to seed ground or they were going to have to seed ground or I was going to have to like lose the wheel a little bit. And it was like it was early on and it was it was total grass crit for the first few laps before it broke apart. So I was like 10 dudes back, but it was like full on single file fast as hell. So I was like, I'm not giving up any spots or I'll never get back. So I just kicked the dude's wheel and said no. So if he was wearing a GoPro camera and took it to the officials, would you have been banned? Like relegated, or do you think? It I don't was think okay? so. I think you're allowed to stick your foot out and say no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're gonna have to check the rule book on that one. So, so, so you ask Dad. I'll ask your dad next week. Now, if I my okay. foot's out like this and I say no, is that okay? <laughs> so Spencer, did you have good? Uh... So what were some of like what yeah. was good about the heckling? <clears throat> so uh, I don't know. It was it was generally a pretty positive vibe up there. I think everybody was really stoked. And where was uh, this? The first race of the year? This was Quad Cross. It was uh, actually on a. Uh, a country club, like a gun range country club kind of place. Um, <laughs> Did they have guns so, going? Yeah, like on the wow. other side. Like, Dude, there was just constant shots happening all the time. Anyway, so in the single speed race, I uh, they started the women 30 seconds behind the men. And uh, eventually, I got uh, caught by the uh, women's winner, um, Mo Bruno Roy, 
And uh, she caught me through the sand pit and passed me, and I jumped. Well, I attempted to jump on her wheel, and the hecklers <laughs> there were like, get on that wheel. That's a good one. You might learn something. And nice. I tried. Like, Boy, I, I tried. Yeah. That's awesome. So I just thought of her cats and was like, you know, I got lost in space, and I couldn't, I couldn't hold it. I, I, you know. Another day. That's another battle for another day. Yeah, right. it was all bests this week. Yeah, it's good. I, li- I like it when we have all bests. Good job, Spencer. I have a worst from previous weeks. What's your worst from previous weeks? Make it quick. Well, when I've when I've signed up for any uh, of the larger races in the uh, Midwest region this year, yeah, they're all more expensive, and that's super awesome. I'm glad to give more money to all these big races. So why are they more expensive? For prize money or because USA Cycling fees are up? And the man. I would assume USA Cycling fees are up. I would assume it's not for prize money. <laughs> but they're like five. Like last year, like Jingle Cross was forty-five a day. Yeah. And now it's like fifty or something. And really? same with track. Track is up like five bucks a race too. Wow. Hmm. Both, well, I don't know about up. track, but Jingle Cross is paying all the women UCI the same as the men, so that might be something with it. Well, that's cool. I, you know, if that's if that's the case, I am fine throwing in my extra five bucks. If my race just goes up and and nothing good comes out of it, and it's just because for some reason it should cost forty five dollars to do a bike right. race, and they think it should just cost fifty. All the but... uh, all the UCI races out here are fifty bucks. You know, that's just stupid. There's the no things... reason it should be that much money. How? Sh- why should it be that much money? There was a race down here when it was a $35 entry fee for the category four men, four or five men. So think if you were a one-day license rider. That would be a $45 race. Yeah, and I think you'd never come back to racing. This is why this is why they throw ABR crits in Minnesota and a million more people show up than ever because USA Cycling has its head up its ass with this ridiculous amount of fees associated with everything. Oh, guys, porch rant. Yeah. Yeah. Portrait. Oh, oh, maybe he's on the yeah, chair. Oh, when I was a guy racing, what? Twenty-five bucks. You guys 20... really? You guys really? You guys actually think it's good that it costs like fifty dollars or like thirty-five dollars you know, to do a local absolutely, race? Like, here's, that's here's, absolutely, absolutely not. I think that I am with you that they cost too much money. I'm it's totally not. ridiculous. But I, I, also, I disagree. But I disagree. I also know why they cost. It should cost more because we only want we only want doctors and young professionals to do bike racing. No. No. I think there needs to be a clear separation between a, a UCI professional field race and the scrums, you know, the twos and threes and the everybody else. Like, if you don't, you know, if you don't want to pay that and you don't want to pay for the UCI license and you don't want to do all that rigmarole, go race the two, three, man. It's fine. Jingle Cross has them. Uh, Trek has them. I don't, the races out here don't really. Like, people just have. But. That's not the. They have to deal. That's but, not. That's uh, not. I, I what, what does that saying? have to do with price? Uh, yeah, I what see does what that you're have saying. To do with and Spencer? it's it's similar, and this is what we should get into in in a later section. But uh, it's similar to the new rules that they announced about nationals. Uh, let's yeah, let's get to it on the next segment because this is total crap, and I gotta like, decompose <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, this is total crap. All right. This is the dumbest we'll, we'll thing. Be, I've... I'm gonna close out my own section. Mm. Thanks for listening to Slow <laughs> Podcast. We'll be back in a minute. Hey, we're back, and we're talking about how USA Cycling sucks. 
I do want to say as a... going to be our although, most popular segment of all time. <laughs> although I'm not even a USA Cycling official anymore. But as a former promoter and official, I tend to agree with you on a lot of these little things. They could do a lot more things better. Does that even make yeah. sense? Yeah. So they could guy, do a lot more things better. <laughs> it's just, no, I mean, it's just, it's a general just cost hurdles. It's just, it feels like are those are those costs complications. And hurdles, are those costs and hurdles because of USA Cycling, or are they because of promoters, or are they because just of lack of sponsorship? Because it's probably a combination of all three. I I, th- I think I'm sure it's I'm sure it's a combination. But what I'm saying is that. USA Cycling being the, the 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 head of this larger organization, I don't feel like there's any push to make things more accessible, make things more affordable, like not make things more complicated. You know, it's just like doing there being these ABR races locally, it just feels like, wow, this is so easy. You pick your race, you show up your race, you have a good time, you don't have to spend as much money, it's not as regimented. You know, if if you're a three and you think you you know you're a three in USA Cycling, you and you can't do the longer race, this ABR race, you show up, you can see if you can hang. If you can't hang, you self-select. Like I don't really see. I, I, it's not a problem. Truth. What what frustrates you know? me? But how do you upgrade if you do a bunch of these ABR races? Why do uh, you need to upgrade? Because I, how are you going to get into the national championships that the U.S. Congress has deemed <laughs> USA Cycling as the? <laughs> official body of the olympic sport movement yeah no i'll say there's there's some there's some small small ways like for national championships and a few things that yeah you have to have a larger body but i'm not i just don't want to agree that usa cycling is doing um the the general work of everybody to make it the most accessible and inclusive event possible what frustrates me is uh down here in florida they just had a race and the the promoter was like hey eighteen hundred dollars 30 deep, and I've only got 21 two, Pro 1 2s registered. Granted, it's like the end of August, early September um, bike race. But someone brought up a good point like, hey, why don't you just prorate the uh, the prize money off of how many people register? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, oh, USA Cycling won't let us do that. And yeah. I was like, oh, man, that totally sucks. Like, you would think that there'd, ha- there'd be a schedule, because I know that. You can do a schedule in cyclocross. Like, if you have one to fifteen starters, you get this much prize money. Like, yeah. see the payout. I don't know. It's it's so strange. But what's this thing about nationals? With with I I guess I've seen cross races that do it, but I'm sure it's against the rules because USA Cycling got a complaint. To me, there seems like there's so many rules and items that USA Cycling has created that are based yeah. off of one individual situation, right? And not something so here's... that was everything. Yeah, here's the thing then. Is that USA Cycling ruining it? Or is it the layman, Cat Ford Masters doctor who got chopped in a corner who broke his collarbone and sued the other guy? Like, I don't know. I'm not trying to I, defend USA no. Cycling, but I'm just saying, how much of it is our own damn fault? No, well, I, a lot no, of it probably know, is. We're getting into the same argument that we get into when we debate whether or not like <laughs> Congress is ineffective. And useless, and is that mm. the Congress's fault, or is that the people's fault? Because we accept we accept this ineffective bunch of crap. It's it's mm. the same thing, you know. But like we're gets... complaining about USA Cycling, and it's you know I haven't gone out and like run a campaign to clean up and where and, you know, where will Cyclocross's Terrier Square be, little guy? Where will I don't it know. Be? You know what? If I run, I... if I ever run for some sort of USA Cycling post, I'll have to like where where are they based? Like Colorado Springs or something? Yeah, yeah. 
I'll have to, you know, like when you run for Congress and you're going to clean up Washington, I'll have to keep saying things like I'm going to clean up Colorado Springs. And gonna, I'm not, it's a dirty town, down. little guy. It's a little guy. What it are is you gonna a bring, dirty town. What, what's going to be your, you know, like if you're going to clean up Congress, people would bring like a mop on the campaign yeah. tour or like Paul Wellstone had his little green bus. <laughs> what is going to be the little guy campaign for USA Cycling, which, by the way, I'm nominating you oh, and I'm we're gonna, totally running I'm this. Gonna, I'm going to spritz them with biodiesel and then wipe them down. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you're just going to break the old Belgian style, clean that drivetrain with some – okay, I like it. Yeah. So – Yeah, I'm, I'm going to clean up whatever street. They don't have K Street. It's probably just like I'm going to so, clean up Main Street. So here's some of the things that bug me about USA Cycling. Yeah. One is that it's too expensive for the average racer to go do a one-day license. Like I don't care. A $10 yeah. one-day license or it's up to 15 is too yeah. much like it's, Wait, just, it is. It, it's just too much and promoters forget this a lot of times that they still like will charge a category five race 20 25 bucks and then it becomes a 40 dollar race for 30 minutes that's one we're in all in agreement there but here's what really yeah. makes me yeah. mad with usa cycling more than you know anything. what really grinds your gears you, you know what really grinds my gears is the <laughs> way that usa cycling still fails to ensure fair racing in the lower categories there are so many people that should be upgraded that are not forced up because either a usa cycling hasn't implemented technology like our friend colin writer of crossresults.com has yeah you know you can easily see who the sandbaggers are it's not that hard they, and yeah. USA Cycling requires yeah, well, yeah. them now to digitally submit the results. Why can't they have an algorithm that counts the freaking upgrade what points is, and then go like, Tim, oh, you need to automatically Tim, go up? Tim, they only raised entry fees $5 this year. How are they going to find the money? For that? Yes. Second, so, so that whole lack of forced upgrading is ridiculous, and it causes yeah. a lot of people not to yeah. race. Well, you know, they, they have rules about that, Tim, and, you know, they, they do love their rules. They... What? They enforce the, the, the ones problem. on the pros race and ABR races and stuff, but they they don't enforce that one. And, and it's uh... not fair racing because like if you're a new guy, so like if if you're a little guy, right? A no, very, I, a no, very good I think we all get two. your point. No, yeah. I gotta. This grinds my gears. Okay. I'm going into the one cog. <laughs> Coach it. Tim is here. <laughs> Coach Tim. So Jingle Cross. I would go to Jingle Cross, and there'd be all of these category. So these guys come to Jingle Cross, but they race in the category two race which is totally yep. fine. And yep. I'm a Category 3. Not very good. But there's some really recently upgraded Category 3s that then come in, and then they just get demolished by these Cat 2s that are legit, like, little guy style, like, really good yeah. racers. So? Uh, and I know some of that's the promoter. Okay, so if it's a Cat 2-3 race, like, what's the problem? True. I picked a wrong example. It should really be I, I a just Cat 3 Your example only. is just that... There shouldn't be people of such different, different, yeah. you know, if, if we're going to have categories and if USA Cycling is going to say that this is what you're racing, then it shouldn't be somebody who's won five Cat 3 races racing wow. against somebody who's done a couple, ra- has done five or six races and just upgrade to three. I mean, well, you know, yes, just that and then there's if the... they're going to have the categories, they should enforce it and they should, and they should In the pay attention. Sense. Oh, well, yeah, you're not going to solve all these problems. I mean, I think, the, I think the big thing about USA Cycling, especially this week, is the Nationals rule that they came out with, which is uh, trying to 
uh, address the cluster that is Cyclocross Nationals, uh, where they get, you know, 150 guys on the line, and, like, something like 25 of them were not pulled by the 80% rule. Um, so you get a bunch of hacks, basically, with our 20 best pros. Okay. Um, and then a Trayvon uh, it, happens. It's a problem. When they, you know, when like, how do you deal with that? Like, a... So they closed okay. it. Yeah, the Trayvon 2007, 2006. Yeah. Uh, so how did they close it? Crashing into. So what they did was they required you to have a UCI point or be in the top 90, um, you know, in the in the country, um, which so, I think is pretty reasonable. So we know this doesn't affect you because you're not going to be in the top 90 in the country. Little guy, are you kind of in that top 90? I I am not I'm not in the top 90 probably because I'll never I'll probably never get a UCI point and I'll and I'll probably never upgrade to one because there's never enough people in the fields locally and if I get if I get like fifth in every local race and then do the UCI races and like finish at the back of the few UCI races do I do I'll never get enough points in my current my current way I've been doing so then, racing I'll never get enough be... points to upgrade in one season. Yeah. Since they don't carry over, so I'll never get it. So be brutally honest, what, then. Do no, my, my you deserve... point. I'm fine with this. Yeah. Do you need to be racing nationals then or not? I I think I think if if no, I understand if they want to do the top ninety. Like, if the top ninety people get in, and then and if those top ninety don't want to do it though, I mean, like, I I can do a UCI race. I don't see why I couldn't sign up for the race. Like after a certain point, if those top ninety right. haven't wanted to do it and registration is open. I shouldn't right. be able to to sign up, and I understand they might need to cap the field at a certain size, but you know, like when I did nationals, I got like 60th or something, 60 something place. I'm sure I was probably like the 50th, 60th ranked cat two in the country, you know, and and I beat some guys, you know. I wasn't the last guy, I wasn't the best guy, but I'm just saying that like number one, the USA Cycling ranking system is totally useless and ridiculous, right. and nobody understands how it works, so like. Using no, that kind of is confusing. It's insane. That whole thing's well, insane. I yeah, yeah, I disagree because it's based on Colin Reuters CrossResults.com. Yeah, but they it makes, goofed it all up. It, it makes sense in principle with what CrossResults was doing. What sucks about it though is that there are a lot of places that don't that unless you have a crossover talent like a cross pollination, you're never going to get racers that are you know in a certain region that that could be good. So in Florida down here, we've got two legit cross guys that should be able to go to nationals. Josh Thornton used to race for, um, Cola Vita or Sierra Nevada Kodak. Pretty good guy. He went up and did some, uh, the Nittany cross like two years ago, uh, right on the cusp of UCI points, but he was the only one that would ever go up and race. And the way that system works, they take the, the points of the top five riders, they drop the low, and they drop the high, so it's like the three average. So in Florida, we're like hundreds of points back when we have legit guys like Thornton that could be racing at that national level. And we're so small that we never get guys from Georgia coming down or some you know quality individuals coming down chasing points. It sucks. Right. Well, I think they're trying to drive people like that guy or whoever else to actually go prove themselves at some UCI races, you know, and earn their spot. Great. Yeah, but so you he don't go prove, pay seventy five dollars to go do a yeah. UCI race. <laughs> you don't, and you don't. I mean, if you're a t- if he's a one, hey. that's fine. But if if he's a two, if he's still a two, like you don't, you don't get anything doing a UCI. Like if I did a if I did a cat two race at Jingle Cross and finished mm-hmm. like 
top 10, I would get more points toward an upgrade than if I did the UCI race, finish on laps and finish like 30th, you know, like, like, which to me personally is a much bigger achievement for myself. Yeah. And oh yeah. And feels feels like a harder thing. So how, not that it's not the cat two race isn't hard, but like it's like, wow, I'm at a bigger race, I'm gonna do the really hardest race. But I I don't get any like upgrade points or any like Well this is what you need to change. This is what enough. you need to change when you get elected and you go clean up Colorado yeah, Springs. I clean up Colorado Springs. Now, I'm gonna doesn't, dust my uh, doesn't, in that town. Doesn't cross results do that uh logarithm different? Don't they include like what the difficulty of the field is and the level of the race and I, all that stuff. I think both Maybe, of them do. I think both of them isn't do. Isn't that like self-reported though? I mean, how the, is that? Yeah. How do you grade the difficulty of the field? It's sort of like, no, or no, like no, no, the no, like course. No. You know it's, what I mean? It's ba- no, no. The the difficulty of the field is based off of the finishers, and maybe we'll have Colin on okay. here to speak on it. But USA Cycling does it similar. It's all based on who else is in the field. It's it's. Of course they beat. do it similar. They stole them. <laughs> but. So the rule, go the rule that, that they came out with, and we can debate all these other things all you want, but the rule they came out with was about specifically nationals and trying to get the field down to a reasonable size and people who deserve to be there. And I don't think they did it right. I don't think they did it 100% right, but I don't think it's the wrong thing to do. You know what I mean? I think it's nice to have a elite champion, the elite riders kind of race with other top people There's, absolutely yeah. i think that that's i that's don't think fine. anyone anyone in the nationals race anyone especially at the front jeremy powers or whoever else none of them should ever have to be lapping anyone in that field like they shouldn't just have to they shouldn't have to worry about that you know well if they're not if the if they're if the officials would just do what they're supposed to do then they would never have to lap anybody well you know you know what i mean no i like, no every, i agree everybody but like, lines up at their race should be there because they think they can win the national championship what else is the point that is a totally ludicrous statement nowhere is there ever a race where everybody shows up and everybody thinks they're gonna win like not everybody that takes to the start of the volta tomorrow is in the same boat like they could all win like there's gonna be the guy who wins and the guy who gets last place and they are worlds apart you know well they're all teammates though and stuff like that there's a reason for them to be there so everybody at the uh, let me rephrase it then i'll say everybody who lines up at nationals should have a reason to be there so you're fl- uh, everybody better, has flip a reason a to be bit, there. You know, How do you if, you, if you're gonna, to be there. if you're not even gonna finish the race, like, do you deserve to be there? Okay, so Spencer, I'm asking. I'm just think, asking the question. So I'm just asking a question. When you sign up for a UCI <laughs> race in New England in the one twos, do you deserve to be there? I've never done that. All right, well, when you do. Okay, when year. you when you signed up for a UCI oh, race. I mean, this is what I'm saying. I registered. I registered. Hang on now. Timmy asked me a question. I registered for Gloucester and I registered for Providence already. In what race? I did not register for the UCI race. You doing Masters? Yes. Do you have a reason to be there? Are you are you go are you gonna win that race? Fuck yeah, I am gonna win that <laughs> race. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, nice save. Well, dudes. Uh, that's think... that's totally different than nationals. Though. That was a great so. uh that was a great segment. I think uh, we should wrap it up. We'll come back real quick and uh talk uh, briefly about uh, something else going on here in the world of cycling. Good job. Hey, and welcome back to the last segment of uh, Slow Ride Podcast where we're not going to yell at each other anymore. Um, Timmy is going to be going to Interbike in the next couple days, and I just have a short wish list that I want 
to express to him uh, things for him to get pictures of me. Hopefully, you know, up close photos of strange German carbon things, strange German aluminum things, um, anything that says Miche on it. Okay. Um, I want Taiwanese things that are obviously knockoffs of uh, German things from okay. last year. Why are <laughs> that you are into be- the German? Like super cheap. <laughs> Like, cause they make the craziest stuff. Come on, they're they're so, German. Do you like, have a product like, in mind that you're like dying to? See? I want to see. I want to see like what tunes got. I want to see was like THM or whatever goofy stuff they've got. You know, I want to see all the Miche stuff, obviously, um, like FRM and okay. Ebones or whatever. All these all these goofy ass companies that make like nine hundred dollar crank sets that weigh five grams less than a Durace crank set. All right. Is there anything like I? I'm surprised that that's all that's on your list. I'm surprised you didn't mention cat ear, cat ears, the little straps that, little uh, wind protectors that go on your helmet straps so you can hear better, blocks the wind from going into your ears. Uh, I'm not excited about that. I think um, those exist. I'm surprised your list also doesn't include a selfie with Sven Nice in the middle of Cross Vegas. No, I I would like you to do that, but I I I don't want to ask the impossible. I don't think you can do that. You don't I mean, think I, I, I can do it? it? I don't. I I challenge you to get a selfie with Sven and whoever, whatever other euros are there. Obviously, I I want you to approach uh, famous cyclists, hopefully like in the hotel lobby and uh, at awkward moments and get pictures with them or just bug them. Like Maybe I get them had a pretty, I had a pretty awkward hotel moment with uh, Lars Vandehar one time. It was yeah, it was all right. I had a really awkward we were, we were, bathroom. We were moment. staying on the same floor of the hotel and. Uh, he looked lonely. I felt bad for him. I had a real awkward bathroom moment with Lars Vanderhaar at the phone party <laughs> when I go into the bathroom and like the entire Dutch junior team was like banging their head against the wall, arguing over which girl, like because there's only ten at the phone party they were gonna like try to take home that night. It was pretty awesome. Was <laughs> and they're all in trouble. What's that? Uh-huh. Oh, you got you got all the Dutch juniors in trouble now, man. Their moms all listen to this podcast. Well, why? <laughs> Why were we the, are pretty why was... popular with the Dutch moms. Yeah, you know what I, you know what I want, Timmy. You know the goofiest, the weirdest, the most. The best. My, you the know most what I want, Tim? To fail. What's that? I want you to go specifically on one mission for me. Okay. I want you to go to the Chinelli booth. Chinelli booth. Got it. And I want you to find out. Yeah. If they have the Vanagon there. The Vanagon. Like. They it... had a Vanagon there a couple years ago, and it was all decked out, and it was the coolest thing. I've ever seen. I've got photos of it in their booth. Just, yeah, oh yeah. And I just want to know if it's still there. these with me, Spencer? I will share them. All right, I will I try to get. You've never shared these photos with me. I feel so... really hurt. I feel. I thought we were friends. I thought we liked Vanigans together. See what. Uh, see what's up with Pac helmets. You know they're gonna have something weird going on. Uh, they had a really That's cool true. booth last time. I think they had the coolest booth with the most crowd. Uh, biggest crowd. Sorry, most yeah. people last year. So we'll yes. see. We'll see what's there. Um, I wish that you guys could join me. Sadly, I also have to do some work while I'm there, uh, so I'll do my best to, uh, to get out and see things. Just, but, please don't do that. Um, please do what I asked you to do. Thank you for a 25th episode of the Slow Ride Wait, Podcast. We're we getting the band some, back together. We, we we're getting the band news. back together. We got some we great news. We can do this live. We got some great news oh on the God. next podcast. There's a very good chance that it will be live. I don't know how we're going to do that, but we will try to uh, pull this off. <laughs> want to thank everyone for listening. You can download us on iTunes or Stitcher. Also, like our Facebook page, send us an email, and visit theslowridepodcast.com to see all of the show notes and find out how to listen. And send emails to your friends. 
Thank you and have a wonderful day.